Welcome to another edition of the Denton's Toronto Business Insights Podcast. I'm Blair McCready, the Toronto Office Managing Partner of Denton's. And in this series, we discuss current industry trends for general counsel and business executives, and to talk about what those leaders need to know in order to grow, protect, operate, and finance their businesses here in Toronto and beyond. Now, cannabis is expected to be a $6.1 billion industry in Canada by 2025. And so today I wanted to talk about developments in the cannabis industry and the opportunities for Canadian companies in emerging markets. So I'm pleased to be joined by my partner, Eric Foster, who is the head of the cannabis practice here at Denton's Canada. Uh, Both Eric and our cannabis practice are nationally ranked as band one in chambers and Eric's a frequent media commentator on legal issues in the cannabis industry. So welcome, Eric. Thanks, Blair. Really looking forward to this chat. All right, Eric. So so let's jump in. So Canada has a leading position in the global cannabis industry, but we have seen some pretty significant transformation over the last two years, with many companies experiencing rapid growth and then decline. So Eric, you're now leading the Canadian Chamber of Commerce's industry-led review of the Cannabis Act. So maybe we could start. Tell us some of the issues that you're hearing about and could certain changes to Canada's regulatory regime help support the industry? Yeah, it's a really interesting and, and, and topical question, Blair. And even before we get into that, I think it's, it's important to take a second and just talk about the general landscape in Canada and the way the cannabis regulatory regime has, has gone out. And I've, you know, I've really had the opportunity to see it uh, right from inception of the industry, almost having worked in almost exclusively in the sector um, for the better part of, of five years. And as you know, everybody knows, cannabis did become federally legal for adult recreational use um, about just over two years ago. Um, and that was through the passage of the Federal Cannabis Act. Um, now, interestingly enough, you, you mentioned the rise and then potential decline of some of the cannabis companies, you know, that is very well known and it's very topical. People are seeing and reading articles about that every day on the news and on TV. Um, You know, having worked in the sector for about five years, I've probably aged about 500 years in those five years. It's it's been nothing short of a roller coaster, but really, really exciting. And and Canada um, has such a unique opportunity and something we can talk about a little bit later as really a leader in the sector. There's very few global industries, and I have no doubt that this is going to be and already is a global industry where Canada's at the forefront. So it's a really exciting opportunity, but with that comes, and, and to use you know a classic Spider-Man line, with great power comes great responsibility. And that's what Canada has to focus on. That really ties into what you just mentioned around the review that, that Denton's is frankly helping the Canadian Chamber of Commerce lead with respect to the Cannabis Act, because before we can really export our knowledge in this global industry, we have to make sure we get it right domestically here in Canada. You know, the review just commenced and, and, and what we're actually trying to do in collaboration with the Chamber of Commerce is get ahead of this. So the Cannabis Act became uh, legal and came into force on October, in October 2018. So we're just past the two-year anniversary, as we, as we in the industry like to call it. And, you know, two years is enough time to get a sense of what's worked and what hasn't worked. Um, you know, it would be naive to say that the government got this entirely right, but I don't think anybody could have expected them to, right? This is a novel piece of legislation, the Cannabis Act. It's not, it's not something that, that really any other 
major countries have, have done yet other than Uruguay in terms of legalizing cannabis uh, for adult use federally. So uh, I think there were a lot of things they got right, but continually when we're talking with our clients and other stakeholders in the industry, we are aware of pressure points. And the interesting thing is that the Cannabis Act itself has an automatic review to be done by the government on the third, year, third anniversary, which comes up next October. So being so involved in the space at Denton's and working in collaboration with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, we decided to get in front of this because the one thing we don't want and, you know, the industry doesn't want is that government review to take months and months and months. Uh, there is opportunity for meaningful change here that can benefit not just the industry, but also Canada at large. So the goal of the review is it's a broad-based industry review that we're going to be doing a year in advance of the actual government review so that when the government starts the review, our objective is to go to them and say, hey, we've done all this for you. We've spent the last 12 months engaging with all of the industry stakeholders, retailers, producers, processors, tech companies, uh, ancillary companies who, who may be looking to access the space. And we've got their feedback. And here you go on a nice silver platter. Here, here are the changes that need. And those changes so far really run the gamut in terms of what we've heard. There's a lot of pressure um, on some of the restrictions on marketing and branding and advertising. There's no doubt we're dealing with a very regulated industry. And the government has made it clear that health and safety objectives have to have paramountcy. Um, but in doing so, they've, they've created, I think, a regime that does create challenges for companies to, to, to really create and grow their businesses and grow their brands. Um, so we've heard a lot of pressure around that. Um, another thing that comes up a lot is the way that Canada regulates CBD. Uh, so CBD is generally viewed as one of the two major cannabinoids, the, the active um, cannabinoid ingredients in cannabis. And this comes up a lot because in the United States, for example, where cannabis is still federally illegal, CBD has been effectively legalized. And you can go in the United States and get a CBD-based product in a Whole Foods or a regular pharmacy, or there's kiosks that sell them at, at malls. Whereas in Canada, the regime for CBD, which does not have any psychoactive properties, is actually far more restrictive, and it's limited to just the actual cannabis producers. So that's a whole separate economic stream of products that um, in Canada we actually regulate far more uh, extensively than other countries do. So that's another opportunity that I think uh, people are looking at in the Cannabis Act when it comes up for review to see if there's um, a loosening or maybe a, a, we can put in place a different regime for CBD products. Um, testing comes up a lot. Uh, also just the general regulatory burden, right? This is a very, as I've said, a very regulated industry and, and rightly so. I don't think anybody's questioning that, but there is a lot of um, government regulatory burden that we've heard companies say that this is, we have to follow this, we have to do this, we have to do that. And it just um, isn't necessarily all that efficient and creates some, some pressure on their business. So uh, we're still early on in this process. We've done two round tables out of six that we're doing over the course of the next three months. Uh, and then after that, the working group, um, which Denton's is leading the charge on, is going to be putting pen to paper and hopefully coming up with some really meaningful recommendations that we expect the federal government will take seriously and, and give uh, serious thought to implementing because we do think it will make an important change for the country. All right. Well, I mean, Eric, so, so you, you, you raised the issue of um, how sort of the Canadian regulatory regime may, may differ from, from those in other jurisdictions. So 
I obviously I know that that currently European and U.S. federal rules are more restrictive on cannabis than than here in Canada. Although we are starting to see some changes, right? Just in in last month's U.S. election, for example, um, there were five more U.S. states that uh, that voted to legalize um, either medical or recreational cannabis. So I guess as, as jurisdictions start to legalize and expand, what impact do you think those changes are going to have on Canadian producers? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good question. I think there's a lot of stuff to touch on there. And, and, and it's nice because I get to see this um, right at the forefront, right? And, and, you know, Denton's is truly the only firm in the world with a global cannabis practice. And not only that, we have leading practices all over the world. For example, our U.S. cannabis practice just won uh, cannabis Group of the Year from Law 360 just last week. Um, and I have the opportunity, I'm speaking with the heads of our European, U.S., South American, uh, Australian cannabis practices, literally on a daily basis. So it is truly a global industry. And, and, and it's funny, we keep internally as our global cannabis group, we keep a map of the world. And every time a country shifts, we turn it from purple, the Denton's color, we turn it to green. Um, and, and you're right, one of the things we're seeing is that countries are turning green very, very quickly. Um, so this is a global opportunity. And, and the nice thing is, from where I sit in Canada, I do think that Toronto is the cannabis capital of the world. And that's just a function of the fact that the largest cannabis companies so far happen to be the Canadian companies, um, with the few exception of a couple of U.S. companies. But the interesting thing about the U.S. companies is because cannabis remains federally legal in the U.S., and I won't go into all the details about the very fragmented regulatory framework in the U.S., but it is still illegal federally and, and likely will be for at least some time. Those companies, the large U.S. cannabis companies, actually have all had to come to Canada to both raise capital and get stock exchange listings. So um, the opportunity for us in Canada is tremendous because we're working with all of the largest cannabis companies in the world. And, and to touch back on the point I made earlier, it's very, very rare to find a true global industry where those 800 pound gorillas are Canadian companies. It just doesn't happen that much. But the fear that I always have about this is that Canada's a little bit too busy patting itself on the back. And I've always said, can, Canada has to find a way to take advantage, you know, to find their competitive advantage and leverage it and to actually take that leadership position in this industry. And, and, and in my mind, it's not, the focus doesn't need to be on cultivation. The focus needs to be on innovation. In fact, if you think about, um, you know, what cannabis is, it, it's really just a, a commodity. It's a plant. And for that to be grown in massive facilities in rural areas in Canada, at the end of the day, when other countries go online, that's not going to be efficient, right? That's not where a competitive advantage is when there's going to be far cheaper cost centers to grow that, whether it's due to weather, if it's grown outdoors or just cost of water, power, labor, if you're talking about greenhouses or other indoor facilities. So there's a tremendous opportunity for Canada to export but it's not really just exporting cannabis. It's truly exporting knowledge. Um, it's exporting interesting technology, um, know-how in, in respect of the industry, and also a regulatory regime. Countries all over the world are looking at Canada um, and the successes and also some of the failures that we've had in this industry and looking for opportunities um, and learnings. And, and it's a terrific, you know, where I sit again as the head of our cannabis practice, but also um, you know, as a, as a leading member of our global practice, we see this and we've actually engaged uh, with meaningful and meaningful meetings with governments. Um, you know, we had 
I, I remember it was actually the last large meeting we had before the pandemic started. We had a delegation of over 20 government uh, officials from South Africa in our boardroom in Toronto, working with them on potential regulatory frameworks for the cannabis regime in South Africa. So those are the sorts of things that Canada uh, can really take advantage of. And the same thing, the Canadian companies do have a tremendous opportunity in front of them. And, and we've seen that with companies, uh, all these large companies. Some of them have even brought in significant investments from U.S. multinational companies. Um, so they're well capitalized and they're already looking to take advantage of this opportunity. And it's, it's so important as an industry that we continue to support that, uh, those endeavors, because I do think at the end of the day, this is going to be a massive, massive global industry. I know you've been looking yourself at some of these statistics, Blair, and it's just, it, it's, it's tremendous where this industry will grow. So to be able to position Canada as the leader in that global industry, it, it's something that is a country and, and frankly, as a law firm, we're, we're incredibly supportive of and, and we need to continue uh, to be aggressive in that. Yeah, so, so based on the, the Canadian experience that you've talked about and the, the, the know-how and sort of the, the intellectual property and the other things that, that the Canadian industry can, can bring to the table, um, I mean, how do you really see the global cannabis industry sort of evolving in the coming years? Because you're right, it's, it's becoming a big business. It's, you know, even this year, uh, total sales are up to... 20 billion dollars which is uh you know which is pretty significant it's a 30 38 increase so based on the canadian experience i mean how do you see the global industry evolving yeah i think it'll i think it will evolve i think it will start evolving a little bit slower than actually it has over the last few years um i don't think you'll necessarily see a huge rush to full adult use uh legalization around the world i think Canada, frankly, was very, very progressive in that regard. Um, you know, I think it will happen eventually, but, but it will be slow, especially in Europe, right? Europe, I do think, is going to be uh, primarily a medical-focused um, uh, continent for the next, for the foreseeable future. But again, with that still comes, comes terrific opportunity. There's no, there's no doubt about that. In Canada, um, specifically, the industry is only growing. Again, the government is very focused on doing things to, to help the, to, to stop the proliferation of the black market. And we've seen those numbers go down. Again, I think it's hard to track, and I always question those statistics a little bit. Um, but there's still a tremendous amount of Canadians who are accessing the illegal market for their cannabis. So that's something that as a country, and, and I know the government is very focused on, again, finding ways to reduce the illicit market and even taking steps to take some of those people who previously participated in the illegal market and migrate them into the legal market as opposed to just disenfranchising them, which I think is a really important goal. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, there were people who were making their livelihood that way. So giving them a legal outlet and giving them the opportunity to pursue that same business opportunity, but in a legal, regulated, effective, and frankly, safe fashion, I think is an admirable goal. Um, the only other point I'll touch on in Canada is retail. Retail is a tremendous opportunity right now. And you step back and you think about what's happening in the retail business in general. Well, there's probably going to be over a thousand retail, bricks and mortar, cannabis retail locations opening up in Canada within the next year. And you take that and you contrast that to what you expect all other types of retailers to happen in the, the expansion of their businesses over the next year. And they're completely different, right? Who knows if there'll even be a thousand other new retailers opening up throughout all of Canada for the rest of the year. So again, it really highlights um, just the tremendous growth opportunity 
in this sector, it's very rare, and it certainly never happened in my lifetime, where a new industry, a new legal industry pops up, you know, maybe not overnight, but 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 literally overnight in this case on, you know, the the the, tap, the Cannabis Act came into force in October 2018. And all of a sudden you have a brand new uh, massive legal industry. So um, we can't we can't lose sight of that. Um, and it's so important that the government focuses on that. And, and the other thing, going back to the first point, um, you know, one of the things that's come up in a lot of our consultations around the Cannabis Act review is that there hasn't been an economic mandate yet. The government has solely focused on this from a health and safety perspective, which again, I think is tremendously important. Um, but on the same note, everything is run through Health Canada and they actually haven't done anything from an economic standpoint. So that's again, something we're gonna be advocating for is yes, you know, health and safety, absolutely important, but let's find a way to make this work economically and, and really help, help the country in that regard too. So that's something that I think the government just hasn't focused enough on and uh, we're hoping to change that. All right. Well, I mean, before we wrap up, uh, Eric, let me let me take things in a slightly different direction, because um, there are a number of industry commentators that really see psychedelics as sort of the next phase of transformation for for cannabis industry players. But I mean, at the same time, as we're starting to see governments open up in other areas, there hasn't been that same willingness to sort of open up the market to psychedelics. So do you see that changing? And, and if so, uh, what opportunities do you think that will create for the industry? Yeah, it's a really, really topical question and one I get a lot. And, and you're right, there are a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. And, and the thing I like in it, it, in a way, it's very similar to where the cannabis industry was five or six years ago. Very early phase, you know, maybe there was some discussion around potential legalization. Um, you know, frankly, it's a lot of the same players, um, you know, people who are very opportunistic and, and see a potential opportunity here for a new industry to open up. But when you step back, it, it is a very different product. And, and, and psychedelics, um, again, very topical. We've already seen, you know, I think there's, there's almost 10 public companies right now who are out there raising capital, you know, raising tens of millions of dollars with significant market capitalization who are in the psychedelic industry. But it's very, very different, right? Cannabis was always something that, that was accepted or generally accepted to have a medical use. And the big hurdle there was the more recreational use, right? Cannabis had a medical cannabis regime in place for, for decades at this point. Um, psychedelics is a little bit different in the way that I approach it. And I think the way our firm approaches it is that we actually look at it more like a biotech opportunity, which is really what it is, right? I don't think, you know, absent a couple of U.S., very progressive U.S. states that have, um, you know, are in the process of legalizing psilocybin and other psychedelics for recreational use in their particular states, this is really looked at entirely as a medical opportunity, right? You don't hear a lot of, a lot of buzz around, oh, we're going to be legalizing psychedelics in Canada. So we look at it as a biotech opportunity and that's, that's neither, you know, that's still a terrific opportunity. So I do look at it as it's distinct from cannabis, but very similar in the sense that it's going to be a regulated and new industry, which will lead to opportunities. Um, you know, I do think there's a lot of very meaningful data out there that shows that psychedelics do have a medical use. Um, but that, in my mind, is the angle that people are focusing on. And these companies right now are primarily focused on, on clinical trials, um, developing products that can deal with a variety of symptoms or indications. So, again, it's very similar 
to, to early stage biotech. Um, and that's the way we look at it. Again, we haven't seen that much crossover in terms of cannabis companies looking to also get into the psychedelic space, again, because the focus is a little bit different. But there are still a handful of companies that are doing that. And those are the companies that are primarily focused on the medical cannabis industry, because there is some, some clear overlap there. If your focus as a business is really on coming up with medical products uh, that will help that will help patients with their you know severe indications. All right, Eric. Well, listen, thanks for today's discussion and thanks to all of you for listening. Look out for future episodes on the Toronto Business Insights podcast series, which you can find on our dentons.com podcast page. You'll be able to access other episodes there as well as descriptions for each topic and information on our guest speakers. As a reminder, Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. And this podcast is not providing legal or other advice. And so you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Please uh, check out dentons.com for our legal notices. Thanks very much. Thank you.